Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. Well, hello and welcome to uh, Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We have been on a brief kind of hiatus, uh, an unplanned hiatus. I had the flu a couple weeks ago and I tried to like be able to do it, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I, I, I'll spare you the details. But <laughs> yes, but it, please. Please spare it, the details. But it just it would not have worked. It would have <laughs> been bad for everyone. Um, so uh, we just weren't, I just wasn't able to do it. And then Kevin went on vacation after that. And our plan had been like the Monday that I had the flu was we were going to kind of record two episodes so that we'd have one while Kevin was on vacation. Um, but that did not happen. And so it ended up being a short uh, hiatus. I'm sure you found other things to listen to in the interim and now we're back and ready to just to talk more about church and so kevin yeah. what do we uh what do we well, talk so about? We, were, we were hoping to even record one like at the very end of that week yeah you know when you were back before i left for vacation but obviously you got behind on stuff and i was trying to yeah. tie stuff off so that didn't really happen either yeah um but yeah so uh we are we are back we are are, are we better are we better than ever I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Probably not. The Probably. Giants are four and a half games up in August, so that's oh, exciting. Oh, but, indeed, you know. indeed. Okay. Well, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this on August 9th, 2021. And uh, here at RPC, we have started an, a new sermon series the last three weeks, I guess. Uh, we've been doing a series on spiritual disciplines, which we talked about in our last podcast, I believe. Yeah, it feels and like a long time ago now. It, but yeah. it does. So I think we, we talked about that a little bit about about that idea and what spiritual disciplines are. Um, and basically, our sermon series we're highlighting. I think there's six of them that we're that we're going through. Dwight did one yesterday because I was just back from vacation, so Dwight stepped in and. Good old Dwight, friend of the old, podcast. Good old Dwight, friend yeah. friend of everyone, friend to yeah. all. He spoke on uh, the discipline of silence and solitude, which was really interesting. I was really, it's the first time he'd preached in a while since before. It's a very brief sermon. You know, a lot of awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) He mimed the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's not true. We're kidding. No, it's not true. We're going to take it serious. I'm sure he did a fine job. I haven't listened to it yet, but. No, it's good. It was good to hear him again. Um, yeah. I, I miss hearing him preach. So that was that was a highlight for sure. And I had preached two two sermons before that. I believe we have three more. So it's been it's been really interesting. So before that series, though, we did Colossians and we did thirty five sermons in Colossians. I think starting back like last like Labor Day ish. That's a lot for a short book. I mean, I'm not putting it down. I loved it. It was a great series. But yeah, yeah. So so they're really different series and kind of want to talk a little bit about the differences between the two just in terms of approach uh we'll do that in the second half of the show but first half i just thought we would talk a little bit about colossians itself uh i know you preached through colossians before and years gone by yeah it Uh, might be my favorite new testament book it might be um yeah i I did it about i i taught it about six years ago a bold Um, statement from matt curtis well 
often like my favorite book is whatever the one I'm preaching at the time. I don't know if you have that experience. <laughs> no, but, like, I totally do. But, that, but that's totally kind do. of because I'm just my head is just in it. Yeah. But man, I sure love Colossians. And I love that I, what it's about is it's about Jesus being supreme. Jesus is all is really the theme of the book. And I just love it for that reason. So, yeah, but not in the you, same way. It, I, I'm terrible yeah. with like, what's your favorite this or that kinds of questions. I'm always really bad at that. Favorite yeah. book is usually the one I've just most recently read, um, at least when it comes to the scripture. Yep. So, yeah. No, I'm not. I, I loved going through it. I mean, one of the great things about doing a sermon series is you get to know a book. I mean, presumably, you know, all the books of the Bible already, but when you do a sermon series, you get to know them even deeper. And when you're preaching it or teaching it, you know them even deeper still. Um, yeah. So like, I, I really love doing that. I remember we did the book of Acts um, some time ago. And, and like, that was just, it was so good. I'd just never gone so deep in the book of Acts before. Um, so it was just really good for me personally. Now, the way we're set up, of course, is I only do about a third of the preaching. Um, whereas you do 95% or hundred percent. So, yeah, you know, so I don't mind the depths quite as much as you do. Um, but, it, but still it was, it was just, uh, I really enjoyed going through Colossians myself and, you know, Christ's supremacy, the preeminence of Christ is certainly one of the main themes, but, um, there are others that really jumped out at me. Um, it was good just to go really deep with them. So I, I thought we'd just kind of do a, you know, a little bit of a synops, synopsis, I suppose, uh, kind of chapter by chapter. Uh, again, we did 35 sermons. And I will say 19 of those were on chapter three. So, so that gives you some idea. Like we spent a lot of time on chapter three. Uh, chapter three is all about relationships. And we just really explored those in depth, obviously. Um, I think one of the main themes that stood out to me in studying it is how much of the, the letter is focused on community. I mean, time and again, you just have one another, one another, one another, each other, each other. I mean, it's just over and over. And it, it kind of jumped out at me as I was studying the, especially in, in chapter one. It's one thing that jumped out at me. I mean, I think you think Colossians, you, uh, I tend to go immediately to like verse 15 and, you know, in that, that paragraph, he's the image of the invisible God. It's just this high Christology, right? Of just right. who Christ Probably is. Probably an early hymn, right? Yeah. Right, right. And it's just magnificent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the, like the little things that jumped out is just the Christian life is lived in community. I mean, if you think about it, like the medium through which the New Testament was written is largely the medium of personal letters. And Letters written to communities, not generally individuals. There are a couple of exceptions, like Philemon or Third John. Right, right. Almost entirely written to communities, which is something I think our individualistic culture needs to hear. Yeah. That yeah. it's not just you and Jesus. Like, that's not how that works or was meant to work. Right. Yeah. Right. So I just, I, yeah. that's like an interesting little thing just to sort of tuck away, I think, in the back of your head, just to realize, you know, if the medium is the message... <laughs> Um, right. It says something that most of the New Testament are e one epistles, uh, which are essentially personal correspondence. It's it's one person writing to another person or a group of people that he knows well, right? It's Paul writing to the church in Rome or Corinth or Thessalonica or you know Ephesus or Galatia, you know so on and so forth. 
so that's, I think that's just really interesting that the way that God chose to reveal himself and his new covenant was through that medium. It doesn't just sort of, and this is the one thing that I think we, and maybe in our tradition, we get, we get uh, more inclined to do this is we, we sort of understand the scriptures as just sort of like descended from on high and just sort of appeared. And we forget the fact that, no, this was written by humans who have contexts and relationships and experiences and you know all these things like it's a very to to be clear kevin is not saying listener that that all scripture is not god breathed or anything like that he's he absolutely believes in the you know (laughs) right 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 i'm just saying that for that listener out there who's going to take the that clip of what you said and you know yeah yeah but i mean but again we believe that jesus is fully god and fully man and we right. believe that the scripture was divinely inspired and yet also human authored. Yeah. You know, it's the both and. Yeah. Um, and, and I think in our tradition, we tend to sort of get towards the more divine side and yeah. the less human side. Um, so I think it's just important to remember that this was also human authored. And so much of the epistles is personal greetings. Say hi to Judy. I mean, you know, that kind of idea. Yeah. And, and and those are the parts that we tend to like gloss over, you know, and just be like, well, let's get to like the meat of it. <laughs> the meat of it, like the doctrine, like the high doctrine, the Christology. Um, and we overlook the fact like, well, no, Paul's writing to his friends that he cares for deeply. And I think it's just kind of an important like lens through which we need to read the New Testament and especially the epistles. You know, the Gospels are sort of a different category in a sense. Um, but even then, I think the authors had like a, an audience in mind. Well, that, Luke for sure did. Luke right? certainly, but even the others that they, yeah. you know, they, that they had in mind. So, um, so anyway, so that's one yeah. thing that kind of jumped out like early on in our study of Colossians is that life is lived in community. And um, the, the, God's revelation in the New Testament, um, the medium that he uses is personal correspondence and human authors. Um, and that's, that's an important lens, I think, for understanding how we actually apply the scriptures rather than just get lost in the abstract. Or to just make it individualized. Right. Like, what's this word to me, not what's this word to us? And I'm not right. saying you should never say what's this word to me. Just don't do that exclusively to the, you know, total exclusion of what's it saying to us as a community because it's right. written to communities. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll kind of get to that more in chapter three. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that stood out in chapter one. Two other things that stand out in chapter one, as you already mentioned, just the, the high Christology of verses 15 through 20, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Just this, uh, this incredible statement of who Christ is. You know, so that's, that part certainly a highlight. But another thing that I saw in chapter one that I thought was interesting is the way in which he sort of presents the gospel in chapter one, he does it in part in verses like nine through 14 or so. And and he speaks of it there in more kind of broad terms. Christ has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I think what he's doing there and setting up the whole language of deliverance is is he's echoing the exodus. 
And, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, especially in Isaiah, Isaiah picks up on Exodus themes and sort of describes the coming day of the Lord as a second Exodus. And in the New Testament, we often, especially in Mark, um, and I think here in Colossians as well, we get, we get this uh, Exodus language as well at describing our salvation and the gospel itself as a sort of exodus, a deliverance. Um, but then in verses 21 through 23, he uses, he's basically using like a personal testimony style, <laughs> uh, you know, um, of, of presenting the gospel. You who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. If indeed you continue in the faith, so on and so forth. So, it sounds a lot like Ephesians in parts, uh, but it's much more kind of a personal testimony style. But it also comes with this warning of if you continue in the faith. Um, now, I think some of that is a bit of a rhetorical flourish. Like he's not. He's, he's assuming they're going to continue. He's not really asking. Right. It's, it's a rhetorical right. flourish. Um, but, but there is still like that hint of warning in there. Uh, but it's also, I think, meant for those who are believers to understand like this is true if you continue in the faith. And by the way, you will. Yeah. Or by the way, you are. Yeah. Or by the way, you have. Or you shall. Yeah. 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 So chapter one is just full of a bunch of different things going on, I think. Um, and kind of in the middle of it all, it's just this the preeminence of Christ and this, you know, just this grand picture of, of who Christ is. So that's chapter one. It's a good chapter. All right. So, well, you've been listening to Matt. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. So Chapter two is interesting. Uh, well, they're all interesting. What am I saying? But chapter two, you know, again, probably the most, I don't know if it, well, I don't know, you tell me, the most common verse quoted from chapter two is see to that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Yep. That's probably the one that I was kind of heard the most um, in terms of, you know, take every thought captive to Christ and all this kind of stuff. And, and chapter two does talk a lot about human wisdom and the dangers of, of being uh, persuaded and held captive by just prevailing human wisdom. Yep. Um, and it refers to it. What's interesting is he kind of, he kind of shifts it at the beginning of the chapter from like non-Christian human traditions that kind of are outside the faith attacking. And by the end of the chapter, it's more about Christian human traditions, you know, like, legalism yeah um it's things that kind of come from within the faith you know quote unquote christian yeah he's he's doing that on purpose because he's going to move on to talking about false teaching soon right um which right. is happening in the church and right. so right yeah, yeah. so in chapter two he approaches it from both sides and, and you know it's easier for us to just be like oh yeah don't be like all those folks outside the church don't be don't go with the spirit of the age don't you know whatever but then he shifts it and it's like, actually, a lot of this stuff comes from within. And he talks about legalism and moralism and all these sorts of things. Um, and he refers to these things in verse 17. He says, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And I, I love that phrase, the substance belongs to Christ. I think I've made that a sermon title because um, I thought it was just it, just, it just struck me. You know, shadows alert us to a reality, right? When you see a shadow, there, there is something real that it, that it alerts us to. If you see a shadow of a tree, you know there's a tree behind you. So the fact that, there's, that these things are called shadows 
it alerts us to the fact that there is a reality behind them. You know, Trevin Wax talks about the, the longing and the lie. Mm. And, he, and, he, and he, his thing is like, okay, you look at some of these uh, ideas going on in our culture. And he says, look, there's a longing behind those ideas that, that is true and good. You know, the desire to be loved or to be a part of a community or to, you know, whatever. Um, but there's also a lie that goes along with it that we need to, you know, expose and examine. Is, is that from his new book? That's from, this is our time. This is, oh yeah. So a couple books ago, a couple yeah. books ago. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of what Paul's getting at here is like, look, there's a, there's a, yeah. there's a something, something to these shadows that is true, but the, the actual substance that it's supposed to be pointing us to is Christ himself. And he talks about like the law, the sacrifices, the temple, all these sort of old Testament things, dietary restrictions. He says, these are a shadow, not because you just completely throw them out, but because they point us to Christ. He's the actual substance. And what he says is like, we have to be warned against following the shadows because our inclination is just to follow the shadows and miss the substance. In the Old Testament, they came out of Egypt and what did they do? They complained, they complained about leaving Egypt. And yeah. they, sp- they spoke of Egypt in the same language that God spoke of the promised land. And they wanted to go back. We want to go back to Egypt. We're tired of walking around and the, we're tired of manna. Yeah. And our tendency as humans is to go back to Egypt, to go right back into bondage and slavery to sin and everything else. Yeah, and we do that in part by just falling into legalism and moralism, not to mention being held captive by things that are just completely foreign to the Christian faith. So he says, again, the substance belongs to Christ. He's trying to point them back time and again, back to Christ. And now chapter three in 19 parts. (laughs) I don't know if you're, I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't have a lot to add to what you just said. Like what you just said to me was really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and all that I think just sort of sets up chapter three, starts off with, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on earth. So again, he's trying to separate like the, this earthly wisdom and these earthly pursuits. You know, set your mind on Christ. And then he kind of does this contrast of put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, verse 5 and, and forward. And then in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, um, all of these traits that are Christ-like. All right, again, so setting up these contrasts between earthly living and um, spiritual living, you know, true spiritual living. So in verses like 12 through 17, I think we spent probably five or six or seven sermons just in that paragraph. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So like those six verses basically encapsulate what it is to do the Christian life. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just loaded. I mean, every phrase there, we basically took and did a sermon on like every phrase. I mean, that's, we took the time to do it and it was so deep and it was so rich. Yeah. I mean, just every phrase was just unbelievable. Like, this is what the new self is like. This is what putting on Christ is like. And what's interesting is that it's expressed in relationships. Like, you can't do any of that except in relationship. Right. You can't obey the one another's if there's no others to one another with. Right. Kindness. How do you, how do, you do kindness unless you're kindness toward another person? Like, it can't just sort of be like, a warm, fuzzy feeling that doesn't express itself in some way. Right. You know, humility, patience. Like I'm really patient when there's no one around. <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder when I'm in traffic. <laughs> it's why it's why you like to go hiking. Right. Right. I don't have to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, forgiveness, love. I mean, all this, all this stuff. It's just, it has to be done in community. Yeah. So I think like that paragraph there sets up the next paragraph, which is particular relationships. So if that paragraph I read is, is relationships in general, the next one is relationships in particular. All right. So it's wives and husbands, children, parents, fathers, bond servants, and masters. So it goes through different like specific earthly relationships I think all of those things have to be read through the lens of verses 12 through 17. And that's kind of a point I kind of came back to several times is, you know, we get really hung up on wives submit to your husbands you know, and what that means. And of course, a lot of these things are controversial and servants and masters. It's controversial. I mean, all of those relationships are controversial, but like saying, be compassionate, kind, humble, meek, and patient loving and forgiving like that's not controversial well i don't know uh, but th that's a that's a whole other podcast i think but yeah it shouldn't be but no one says like yeah teaching people to be loving like that's really i don't know if you should be doing that <laughs> but well, but but i think you have to read all that stuff into the next paragraph yeah. and says in that context is how you need to read wives and husbands children and fathers servants and masters and then that that changes the reading of those relationships and really affects how we understand them the way that we i think we need to understand what paul's saying is by reading all of paul including sure. including the paragraph that came just before this right right it's not it's not like he stopped his thought at verse 17 and now you know he picked up a whole new train of thought in verse 18 right like we just need to read it through and same in ephesians too like there's an unfortunate paragraph break in our English Bibles <laughs> that isn't there in the Greek. The same, it's the same sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. not, yeah. you know, which in the Greek it reads, there's some significant differences. And so it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's not get too far in the weeds with that stuff. Our audience doesn't care, but right. Right. But yeah. But yeah. again, there's just a greater context. And so I, I thought it was very helpful and it helped me understand those relationships a lot better when I understand that there's a greater context just in the same chapter, just in the yeah. previous paragraph, it helps us understand what, what exactly that starts to look like. Yeah. yeah. And then there was chapter four. Yeah. And, well, and again, chapter four, it, it ends with a lot of greeting and chapter four is mostly just final greetings and yeah. I, yeah. Words of yeah. kind of signing off. And I just find it again, 
interesting, I guess, if that's the right word, that Paul writes all this, these incredible epistles, but gives a large percentage of his letter that has been passed down to us as part of the canon of scripture. <laughs> that's just greetings. Yeah. I long for this person. I, I love this person. They've done me well, you know, exhorting and extolling uh, different people in his life. I think it's just a reminder that, again, you can't live the Christian life alone. Paul needed the great apostle Paul. <laughs> Had a lot of people helping him. You know, yeah. th there's just no one that succeeds in ministry without a lot of people helping. Um, and Paul is aware of that. Paul acknowledges that and gives credit where credit's due, so to speak. Yeah, it's good. So if you had to like boil down, you know, Colossians uh, in just a couple of sentences, uh, what, I mean, I know you did, you know, 35 sermons or whatever for context. I think I did like 13 when I did it. So, you know, different folks, different strokes for different folks, but if you had to. Well, I'm part know, of it too, is like, yeah. you know, when we got to the, the, the verses on forgiveness, like we spent like three or four weeks on just on forgiveness, different aspects of it. Sure. Uh, I think Tom did three weeks on wives and husbands. And it was just really, it was really good to step back and like, again, look at the, what scripture right. says. I mean, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't always do that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not through, knocking it. I'm just saying. I no, mean, I, just, I just mean like yeah. there's a particular, and kind of yeah. where we were, like, I guess it was in the spring when we just hit chapter three about forgiveness and how we treat each other. Yeah. I mean, that's just, we needed it. You know, we yeah. just needed well, it. And all preaching is local preaching. You know what I mean? Right. In terms of like, it's for your particular church. Now that doesn't mean listener that you can't go listen to Kevin's sermons and you know, you should, it's, they're good. Maybe should is too, too strong, but you know, it'd, it'd be beneficial to you to do that, but it's really meant for his church. And there's right. going to be stuff that like, you just won't, you know, get because he's talking to his church. Maybe, maybe that's leading into the next, you know, section of the podcast yeah. a little bit, but yeah. But, uh, but anyway, back to my question, like, you know, if you were just sort of sum it up in just a couple of sentences, well, what, what, what would you say? Christ is preeminent over all things, and our lives should be centered on thankfulness for his deliverance and a passionate desire to put on the things of Christ and to do so together. I like it. I'll take it. Good stuff. I have one more question just for the benefit of our listeners, and then we can move on. So if some of our listeners wanted to study Colossians, are there any resources, like resources you would point them to that like a lay person could, you know, use? I mean, there's, there's a several commentaries that I have found more useful than others. Right. And again, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, for just the average listener wants to understand Colossians better. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how kind of lay this is, but um, G.K. Beale, Greg Beale, I use his commentary quite a bit. I found it pretty helpful. F.F. Bruce has one as well. That was yeah, a, a one that I relied on quite a bit. Uh, the, Bruce is, the Bruce one's a classic. Yeah. Beale, Beale's is Colossians and Philemon uh, together in one volume, which actually that kind of comes up a lot, especially in the later chapters. Uh, there's a lot of tie-in with Philemon and Colossians. Yeah, good stuff. As well as just, you know, obviously just any good study Bible. Yeah. Um, some are better than others. Some are more in-depth than others. So. You know, the ESV study Bible will get you started. I mean, that's that's a pretty yeah. good, straightforward thing. 
Uh, Matt Chandler has a Colossian study that's pretty good. Okay. And and uh, I think it's called, I mean, appropriately, the supremacy of Christ. Yeah. And I think it. Uh, I think it. I think it's good. Yeah. It's a good starting place. So, um, goodbye for now, um, dear listener. We've been away, but we're back, and so we've been talking. Uh, the book of Colossians with Kevin and uh, we've I know I really enjoyed his series I think you should go listen to it and uh, thank you for tuning in if if, if you found this uh, helpful or edifying uh, we sure would appreciate maybe a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you'd like to discuss this, discuss more about this or have other questions if you want to ask Kevin a question about Colossians like maybe you're wondering who Epaphras is and how he ties into the whole thing uh, you can email us at matt and kevin talk church at gmail.com or you can follow us on twitter at mktc that being said i'm matt and i'm kevin and we've been talking church and the book of colossians be warm and be fed